All right, uh, this is uh, episode seven of the Bedroom Procast. It's been a little while since we've done an episode, <laughs> so we have a lot, uh, a lot to catch up on, and uh, lots of cool, exciting stuff, and some less exciting stuff uh, that yeah. has happened to both of us in the past couple uh in the past uh, few weeks yeah what's up josh how are you doing i'm good man yeah t- there's, there's been a lot that a lot that's gone on between the two between now and the the last podcast because even that podcast was shot like weeks before it was even posted yeah well the the at the time of recording this right now we posted the jack episode last week right but we kind of sat on it for like like at least two weeks it's mostly my bad because I I had um, well we filmed that one way in advance already, and then I kind of like procrastinated the edit a little bit, but also I had this ordeal happen to me where I was trying to soundproof or not soundproof but sound treat my room and then found you know a bit of a squishy part in my wall and then it turned out that I had a leaky pipe. Which was all of a sudden two weeks of my life was kind of like in the in the next room. Yeah. So, so I kind of decided we kind of decided to push that podcast a couple a, a week a couple weeks, and then like Josh dropped music and Jack had conflicting things, and we also just wanted to make sure that nothing was dropping at the same time as that podcast, so we just put it out when that lined up for everyone right the scheduling stuff but, is yeah. uh it's boring yeah but so like it's what on it's top what's gotta of, happen on, <laughs> yeah on top of me procrastinating and the the leak in my wall ordeal there was also a scheduling ordeal once everything was in order so it was uh it was kind of a it was kind of a mess not to like start about like the editing mess <laughs> that that podcast was <laughs> But yeah, it was. Uh, it's know, all what'd good. You cut, but now, bro? is there a conspiracy? I, I, no, 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 no. There's a. I cut. I cut all the shit talking. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I left. That's the good bits. I left all the shit talking in. That's what people want. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So the last couple weeks of my life has have been a bit of a a mess, considering my my studio slash bedroom had been completely destroyed and unusable but now that's all resolved as you can see on my on my camera angle i have some some treatment now and it's all it's all good but yeah that's my life is there still a giant hole in your wall or is it all done no it's it's all gone it's all painted over you can't tell there was a hole uh and it's actually kind of a ridiculous thing like i have i have the pipe because it took it out and there's like the tiniest hole and the theory is that when my basement was being renovated someone must have drilled through the wall and then barely touched the pipe to the point oh, that they didn't man. notice that they like touched the pipe with yeah. the drill so the th- the theory because you, you can't really know but what seems to have happened is that it was such a small hole that they didn't notice it was leaking and with the condensation over time there was just drops like going through it like really really slowly and this these renovations happened like two and a half years ago that's fun so the have you noticed you're playing slowly and slowly get worse with the mold and the 
in the air. I don't know. I, I can't notice. I feel like I'm sleeping better, but I could be a placebo. But yeah. there was definitely, there was definitely like at least, you know, a few inches of mold oh, in man. my wall just because of the little slowly drip drop yeah. like over this very long period of time. Let's see how your mixes turn out now. Yeah, yeah. The, the mold was making my mixes bad. It wasn't my ears. It was the mold. It was the mold. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So that was kind of a ridiculous ordeal. Uh, but yeah, what what's been up with your life in the past couple few weeks, Joss? You, yeah. You've had you're just you're just on the come up. You're you got a lot of stuff. <laughs> well, it's like everything. It just happened to schedule this way where everything came out exactly. all at the same time, which is I don't know, maybe good, maybe bad. I don't like putting out a ton of stuff at once just because because now don't you don't have anything left for the rest of the six of the next six months right. you're just like well that's it that's all i got well i'm, I'm working on working on something that's supposed <laughs> yeah, to come out kidding. soon but um yeah it's it's annoying also because like you don't want to ask people to go check out a million things all at once especially like it's because it's not an album right it's two videos and two songs from completely different bands <laughs> right but um yeah I don't know. I don't think there's anybody here who listens to this that doesn't know, but I uh, I released a song with Intervals uh, called Lock and Key, and then we have a playthrough together with me and Aaron, and then I have the perennial thing, and then the perennial playthrough. Yeah, except the perennial thing ha- had dropped the last podcast. So yeah, so right. all those new things. But the video dropped like the other yeah, day. Yeah, true. And the video is sick. Very uh, the video is very very nicely made. Shout out to Ivan. Great. Yeah, Ivan's the man. Uh But yeah, so like yeah, you you just dropped banger after banger for the past couple of weeks, so that's sick. And then you have a you have a new guitar too, eh? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> so I got that that Abbasi uh endorsement which is incredible oh yeah you know we, I, I was talking about it with them for a little bit and uh it just the timing happened to line up and it worked out where i was able to use it in uh aaron's video for the intervals video show it off a little bit you know for sure <laughs> and yeah, then this is my first you extended do. range yeah which i don't know have you ever like owned an eight string no, I've owned a seven string, but it was such a bad guitar that I barely played it and then just sold it. I was like, right, that was my I got it. experience as well. <laughs> right. Except I think you even used your seven more than I did. Like I really like I bought it and I was like, chug, chug. This is cool. And then I put it on the stand and it was six right. months later and I hadn't picked it up. Like it didn't feel playable. Uh, So it was like. It was like a 20... F- it was not a long scale length. It was like not long enough to feel good. And it had like annoying EMGs. It just didn't yeah. feel like something I wanted to play. Like I just couldn't... Yeah. It it didn't excite me. Dude, the multi-scale thing, I think, is like key with eight strings. Oh, yeah. Because it's so For annoying sure. playing the higher strings with a super long... Uh, fretboard you know yeah what's the what's the, the scales oh i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> i just know it, you, it feels comfortable and like if i do bends it doesn't feel like i'm trying to bend on an extended range guitar it feels like i'm bending right. on like a six string and now is your is your highest string like a 10 so the the guitar came with 9.5 right 
Um, Makes I, sense. I don't know all the gauges. <laughs> I, I don't of know course, what it goes to. But I to. just mean like the highest string is, is like. Right. Yeah, it's a 9.5, which I'm debating if yeah. I want to go to a 10. Because actually, I don't know if the lowest string will fit in the um, the tuner. <laughs> right, I'll, but that's not a to, big deal. I'll have to talk to Ivan about it and see if it's a sure. thing I could do. Because I don't know many people that are playing tens on eight strings. It's true. I don't know. I don't know about the eight strings, but I know that their sevens have like a strat scale length on the the smaller end of the fan. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so the so in terms of of feel, I feel like in that scenario, a ten would be appropriate. But then for I, sure, I don't know. yeah. I don't know for all strats, about. I love tens. Anything yeah, lighter is just I, too light because I want to dig in a little bit. Also, I hear that the factors that go into making a a guitar feel tight or loose is not just the scale length. Really, it's also yeah. It's also like the angle, the the angle at which the string goes over the nut. So the Abbasi has two uh, ways you can string it. Or mine right, does. but I mean, but the nut, not the bridge. Oh, right. And then also the the neck pocket angle. Okay. Right. So like the you know the, you know you put the neck in the in the in the in the neck pocket. <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah. then like the angle at which it's parallel to the body affects that. You know, like Gibson guitars kind of like dip down, and then the bridge is like raised up. Whereas like Fender mm. guitars, it's kind of like all straight. So that's that's like a factor that affects that. And I know because like Sir 7 strings are 25.5. Okay. But they feel tight because they have they have all the other factors like figured out. Have you ever so, played one of those Gibsons where like the bridge it doesn't have like the saddles. It's just like a solid bridge and that's what the strings go over. I haven't I haven't played a Gibson like that. I've played a, a PRS like that. How do you like intonate that? Or do you just don't? <laughs> it's already, it's just, it's compensated to be intonated. Yeah. So that's just, that's just the way it's going to be, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but also like, how do you intonate like Telecasters, bro? But I've never it, had I an guess issue it, it depends with them, you know? the, on the bridge. Right, but I mean, with the I, I I guess I had in mind with the three yeah yeah brass saddle thing. You just hope for the best. That. Yeah, <laughs> but then again, like you hope for the best, but I've never had an issue. Yeah, I mean, guitars aren't really perfectly in tune, anyways. Like no matter what you do, it's true. You can't win, so you might as well think you're winning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I don't know. Uh, but yeah, so. I don't know what the Abbasis are doing, but I'm sure they're doing something right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so the one that I have is made in Korea. So they have like the Loradas that they just, re- or the Lorada Legions that they just released. Yeah. Which are made at the, the World Music Factory in uh, Korea. Yeah, that's a good move. And I think they're the, the quality control is done by Schechter, Sector, Schechter, I don't know. <laughs> Schechter Sector? The Sector Schechter. Um, yeah, so they're doing the the quality control, and I, they're also doing the setup. So I mean, the guitar feels great, just right from the. Are they doing that, like, in the U.S.? I have no idea. Or are they? Okay, okay. 
Well, it's sick, so it's great. Yeah, yeah. No, that's... the the neck, the bolt, the bolt looks so ridiculous <laughs> in, a, yeah. in like a cool way, like the five bolts. I've always preferred bolt-on necks. Oh, me too. Have you? I mean, do you have any like neck through guitars, or have you ever had any? Well, so that seven string that I mentioned was a neck through guitar, or maybe it was a it was a set neck that was made to look like a neck through guitar. Okay, yeah, yeah. It was a cheap guitar. Yeah, it was, ch- it was an agile seven string, bro. It was disgusting. See, this is I think this is where some people make mistakes. Like if you're buying some <laughs> kind the, of yes, <laughs> some kind of like gear that's like a very specific thing, like a multi like. Because, you know, they make cheap multi-scales and they make cheap, like, uh, extended range yeah. guitars. I don't think that's where you should be. Uh, I, I completely agree. Buying that seven string was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, like, if you're going to buy a cheap guitar, like, buy, like, a used six string or something. Like, don't go for the yeah. specialized cheap guitar. No, no, no. Yeah, the more the more complicated the instrument, the the more expensive it needs to be for everything to be right. Exactly, yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, what was I saying? Yeah, so that agile seven string was a garbage instrument. <laughs> oh no! Uh, and it was—I uh, didn't want to say the <laughs> brand of mine. <laughs> and uh, it was—I think it might have been a neck through. That's what it looked like. But I know they do like set necks that are supposed to look like neck throughs. I know that's a thing that happens. Oh, I did not know that was uh, a thing. It's like tricking you. It was—it's well, it's just like a cheaper construction, but right. with the look. Uh, but so my PRS is a set neck mm-hmm. and my Sir is obviously a bolt on neck. I just, and it just, it just feels completely different. And for, I feel like there's a certain squish that you get with set necks that you don't get with bolt on guitars. But oh really? That squish. Yeah. There's like a, but I'm not necessarily looking for that squish all the time. I don't know that I've ever noticed that for me. It's all just a feel thing. Yeah, it's 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 like a response. Like I feel like no, I mean not so much with how I'm more more just like how it feels when I'm playing higher because there's a bolt on there or oh that kind of thing. Right. I, I don't know that I notice those like small differences, or maybe they're not small to you, but they're they're small to me. <laughs> it's definitely it's always subtle. I don't know. I feel like it's something that like when I go back to that guitar, I'm just like, oh, there's something squishier about the attack. I don't know. It's it's a, it's a weird thing. There's definitely an attack to there's that okay. The word used by a lot of people is snappiness. <laughs> yeah. There's a certain snappiness. Yeah. There's a certain snappiness to bolt-on guitars that set and through neck guitars don't have or like it's a different different snap. In the same way that like I mean, you know, like the the wood the tone wood debate is uh highly controversial but i feel like there's a different there's even unplugged there's like a different resonance to different woods so i don't know that i can here okay here's my thing i can't tell the difference between everything because every guitar sounds so different in the first place that's true that's a good point but like i've like played the same guitar I played a few Sirs that just had mahogany bodies. Yeah. Like, like I played um, James Ivani's, I, I, I definitely mispronounced his last name, uh, his modern, and he's got mahogany body, mahogany neck. 
Okay. On a Sir Modern. It's a ridiculous playing guitar. I don't know what he's doing, but he's 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 got it. That one's that one's that's a great guitar. But the the squishiness and the mid-range is completely different than my modern. And then the only difference is like is the wood. I think he has a bit different pickups as well, but I played it unplugged, so it was definitely like a resonant thing. That guitar yeah. is ridiculous, but like the Alder Maple combination that I have has a different feel. His guitar feels more like a Les Paul just because of the mahogany mahogany. Okay. See, this is way more into it it's than I have weird. ever. I've never really it's been weird. super into thinking about what wood is in the guitar. It, for me, it just feels good or it doesn't. I don't even think about no, like that, what kind it, of wood is in it. <laughs> that's fine. I just, I just, I just can't help but think that there might, mu- there might be, yeah, for sure, a specific way to, 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 to like categorize these differences. Yeah. Right. Because then, like, what's the point of choosing a wood except to look a certain way? That yeah. <laughs> Or know. also, also I, I just realized I might have said that my guitar is alder, which it's not. It's basswood. That's a mistake. It's basswood maple. Uh, but but it's just it's just different. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, your what's your iconic? Do you know? Um, oh, I don't. Honestly, I don't know. I can grab. Wow. I have the, here. Let me grab it. I have this. <laughs> I feel I feel like if I had to guess, I think it's like Alder or Ash, just because probably of what iconic. Um, two piece Alder. Right, that makes sense with that flame, that flame maple. Right, yeah, that's the roasted flame maple neck, yeah. which I love just how it feels, how it sounds. Oh. I mean, it sounds great, but there's so much different about that guitar than compared to my other strats that I don't really know what. Of course what's making it sound different because also that has lawler pickups in it which i absolutely love yeah and your other strats are just straight up and down fender strats um uh, yes except i did put like a sir humbucker in uh right the which one which sir but which sir humbucker the ssv right i think yeah yeah well you know some people get really heated about this tone wood debate it's kind of ridiculous i know sometimes i'll stumble across it on like the gear page or something and i'm like oh man this is i just don't care (laughs) yeah i i don't care either i feel like my take on it it's just like here's an observation like i feel like sometimes people think too much about it and they're like oh i would never buy a guitar with this kind of wood and it's like right what (laughs) yeah for sure i've heard i i mean tone wood aside there's definitely wood regardless of the type of wood where it's just like dead like this guitar is just like it's a dud oh like i'm it sure doesn't work. yeah for sure right like i've heard some really weird things about iPopler, where it's like it's a it's a it's a hit or hit or miss whether it's like a good uh match in terms of rend- resonance right you know like some eye popular guitars are just dead sounding apparently and i'm just like damn like that's unfortunate because it looks whack yeah i i also don't love the look of like crazy crazy woods in guitar sometimes it's a bit much for me it's true like the the purple heart shit it's kind of kind of it's kind of (laughs) wild like i just like a classic look it's true 
It's true. Especially like the, this, the beta's whole is so ridiculous when like when we're plugging into to fake apps, anyways. <laughs> right. That's a, that's a great point. <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, that's man. a whole other thing that people are way too into. Yeah, but that's I feel like there's more weight to that debate than the Tonewood one cuz then you could just say like I feel different playing a real app cuz I do feel different playing real apps than I no, do playing Molly. No, for sure. I'm not I'm not saying that they don't feel they completely 100% feel different, but like some people right. are like, "Oh, I'll never do digital because right. it's inferior." And you're like, "Dude, you could never tell in a mix first of all." And then no, like And it's also not inferior, it's superior. <laughs> <laughs> it's just different. <laughs> I mean, for, for what I'm trying to do, it's definitely superior because it's so hard for me to get like the tones that I want right now out of like the amps that I have. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a uh, it's 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 wild. Although, yo, so. So what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks is I've been like I've been writing stuff. I'm I'm back in the in the grind trying yeah. to write some tunes. So is this all with your real amp? Yeah. So the whole dem. I don't know. Did you listen to the thing I sent you last night? Oh no, not yet. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, bro. <laughs> Fuck. But I listened to the first. Uh, uh, yeah. So the so so whatever I sent you before. Yeah. So it's all it's all Capture X. <laughs> yeah, dude, it sounds sick. Yeah, Do you find, I mean, though, it's that just you're, like, uh, it's too limiting where you can only get like one tone, or are you just changing your tones with like pedals and stuff. So I have a I have pedals on the floor, and I have a switch on the app to go from different gain stages. So yeah. my settings my like knobs haven't changed just because like i'm recording so i'm trying not to like that's the thing right i don't have it's not like the fractal where i can like save patches i can't do that <laughs> do you like take pictures Nah, i just like i just like set them and then like i have a switch to go from high end so sorry from high gain to lower gain there's like a switch on the on the on the pt20 where it's like there's like a JCM 800 amount of gain, a Plexi mm-hmm. amount of gain, and then the HBE amount of gain, which is like high gain. So I'm kind of switching back and forth with that. And then I have a few pedals on the floor. Uh, but I, I think, so, so the, the thing is, the constraint is inspiring. Right. Right. So because I have these limits and this kind of like, you know, amp that makes me feel really good, I'm like inspired by the tone. Because it's also, like, not at all the type of tone that I've been using. Like, the tones I've been getting for the past couple of weeks are completely different than the tones I've been, like, getting through the Axe effects, right? Like, I feel like I, I ha- I've been really lacking on the Instagram game lately, but the stuff I'm going to be putting out, like, going forward is going to be very, is going to be pretty drastically different from the tone I had before. Do you think you could clear... get your current tone on Axe Effects? Probably, yeah. I haven't tried. It's something I've been meaning to to do, like try to get the the Friedman model to 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 sound like my real life tone. Yeah. Especially since I'm, I can just take the IR I'm using in the Capture X and put in the Axe Effects and see how close I can really get. Right, same IR, same real amp versus the the model. Yeah. That's definitely an experiment I'm gonna do. Uh, and then, then if I get close enough, maybe I can get some flexibility back from the axe effects in terms of like tracking. Uh, but right now it's just a question of like what's the easiest thing, right? Like I have this amp here, 
and then I have it plugged in and then I just, I just, I'm just like ready to go. You know, if I want more gain, I have a pedal on the floor, right? which is kind of, that's a kind of, I just like the workflow. It's inspiring. Right. Yeah. No. And like, I know when I'm yeah. using even fractal stuff, I'm not like switching amps all the time. I kind of just find one exactly. and then I'll stick to it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But like on my tones that I would program on the fractal, I had like my eight scenes like laid out. Right. Right. I'm also tracking a lot drier uh, now and then putting more effects post rather than printing effects on the way in because I have an app in the room. So what? what's actually... Okay, here's like a thing that you definitely can't do with the fractal or that you could, but you would need some really intense uh, routing is because I have a cab in the room. If I turn on the cab while I'm tracking, I could get feedback from the cab... Right. And because I'm also tracking the IR, it's kind of gets printed in the IR, which you couldn't do that without the cab. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, to do that with a fractal, you'd have to have like a cab in the room from the fractal, but then also track the, the DI, the, sorry, the, the IR side of the fractal to yeah. get that sort of feedback. So you can and definitely kind of do like, it. You just need like a power app or something. Yeah, exactly. But it would be like something that you would never do for the sake of doing. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it's kind of wild. Yeah, like I just have a 112 under my desk so that when I lean forward, I get feedback, you know, from the fractal. Yeah. Because you're not going to hold up your guitar to the to the to your monitors, you know what I'm saying? Like. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wonder how much of a difference it is, like, tracking with and without it. Even just like how it, there's the, yeah. maybe not even feedback, but just like how your pickups interact with having a real amp right next to you. With, so you that's know. absolutely a, fr a, a factor because like this sort of like sweet spot mid-range feedback-y thing mm -hmm. wouldn't happen with just the modeling, right? You need the in the room at like a right. you know, certain volume. I mean, uh, you also going, play right? different. Like having Absolutely. a cab compared to just running monitors. Yeah, like I feel like I'm being more confident in my playing because I have a cab in the room. Right. It's bringing a whole aspect of my playing into this kind of like pseudo environment that I didn't have that I only had in a live setting. And that's also, I'm also playing with more gain. I feel like on the fractal, oh, I was yeah. getting, I was trying to get like as little gain as possible. But now, because I'm just like, I'm just turning up the gain, like, it's sick. I just feel, <laughs> yeah. and, I'm, and I'm soloing with my bridge pickup a lot more than I was before. Well, I think having the cab in a room also gives you a way more focused sound to track with. Absolutely. It's, it's, uh, it's completely different. Separate from the, how accurate the modeling is within the fractal, the f the weight makes me feel is so much of a difference than even if they're ex they sound exactly the same in the mix it's uh it's complete it's a completely different experience for sure yeah but yeah so that's yeah it's uh that's what i've been doing i'm plugging into apps and trying to make tunes <laughs> yeah no that's sick i i would love to do that at some point but i think i need to find the right amp i want to do it with because right. right now I don't have that amp. I don't have an amp what's that a, I would be like, I need to track with this amp. What's a fantasy amp for you? 
You know, I don't know because I haven't had that much experience trying a ton of different amps. Um, right now, what I'm using in the Fractal is just like uh, like a 5153 kind of thing. Right. Uh, but I don't know how that sounds in real life. I only know what that sounds like through the Fractal. That's true. But I feel like that sort of amp... Okay, here's the shade. Here comes the shade. I feel like it's not worth getting the real one because it's like already like the same thing. You know, 5150, it's such an awesome amp, but you know, you could get a used 5150 for like probably really cheap in the US. Yeah. And I feel like if you got it and then you like compared like, you know, how it felt compared to the fractal i feel like it wouldn't be that big of a difference and i feel like you'd be really disappointed by the clean channel really okay yeah that because the 5150 has a garbage clean channel it's like the clean channel you only want for that 10 second intro to a really heavy song (laughs) yeah (laughs) i Um, I mean i I don't know that i've ever used the clean channel in the fractal yeah, so do you, exactly. Like, if you're going to do a clean sound in the Fractal, you're going to switch to a different app. Yeah, definitely. Right. Whereas one of my fantasy amps is, is like a Bogner, like a Bogner Shiva. Okay. Right? Which is like a $5,000 hand-wired beast. Actually, no, it's like $3,000, but like still. Yeah. And that has like a ridiculous clean channel and a ridiculous lead channel. Um, and I was at uh, my last uh, fractal patch that was in heavy rotation was just both of those channels, right? On different scenes. You'll have to send me that. Uh, I did. It's the it's that nevermind patch that I did. Uh, oh really? A while ago. Okay. That's Maybe what it I'll was. Yeah, it, it was. A, it was a Bogner. It was a Bogner patch. I think where I'm at though, like I'm not ready to decide on an amp. Which is why yeah, I like you have to try. so much. You, you, yeah, you can't just you can't just decide to buy an app without like investigating the one you want, right? Yeah. For sure. Like, I mean we, we talked about this last time or two times ago, but the, the the reason I went with this Friedman was because I tried all the Friedmans and I was like, that's the one. Like I just kind of it, within like ten minutes I tried all the Friedmans. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like up and down, like yeah. you know, but yeah, I don't regret my choice, but I don't know. There's there's a few amps that I think would be really cool to own. And I definitely have this fantasy of having like, you know, five or six amp heads, you know? Oh man. And get like one of those big switchers where you could just press no, a button. No, I think I would just, I, I think, I, I mean, you know, maybe, but I think I just, I like the workflow of real amps, you know? Mm-hmm. I kind of have this. You know, there's a, there's a few others on my list. Like, I definitely... So, yeah, so that Bogner is on the list. Like, that would be crazy to have that amp. Uh, I also really want a Sir Badger. Okay. That's a crazy fucking amp. It's like the best amp I've ever tried. It's, it's a ridiculous amp. Um, but that's also, like, a $4,000 beast, you know? Like, all these amps are just hand-wired and ridiculous. Yeah. Um... And then maybe I would dive back into the classics and try to get like, like a lower gain Marshall amp. Right. Yeah, for sure. 
like a like a really nice JCM eight hundred would be would be cool, or like a, a plexi, and then you know then you could get into like the that metal sound, and then you go into like the fifty one fifties and stuff like that. You know the EVH amps, and those are really cool. Like if I had like those amps, you know, mm-hmm. then I would never switch on the fractal because I would just have all the amps and the real estimation of these amps. But I mean, it's all, it's, it's all, it, you know, it's it, for anything. It's it, for, it's, it's for romantic reasons more than anything right. pragmatic, <laughs> right? Like, like I have the fractal and neural DSP is doing such an amazing job that if I really want those sounds, I could just spend $200 and then get the plugins or, or just get, or just spend some time making some nice fractal patches. But the, you know, it's a workflow thing. It's a feeling thing. It's like plugging in real amps and like setting up the tone that you want and then printing that has like almost a ritualistic uh, nature to it that makes you feel different than just, you know, fucking with a patch (laughs) on your computer. It's different. It's, uh, even if it sounds completely the same, which it won't, it's uh, the approach, I, I, I think, just makes me feel different. I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like at this point, I'm just trying to justify spending a lot of money on amps when I could just not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, whatever makes you uh, record and play guitar, whatever inspires yeah, exactly. you is worth it. Yeah, it's it's all, you know, for the same reason, like, I kind of want, like, a, 60, 50, a 50s or 60s, like, Strat. Mm-hmm. But, like, I would only play it by myself in my room. I don't think I would ever take that out to a gig. Unless I'm, like, playing that sort of gig, which I don't think I would be in the position to. Right. Right. Like, which gig would I get where it would be appropriate for me to bring a, a three-single coil, like, 50 strat with like a baseball back neck i would only play that by myself or i would only stare at it you know what i'm saying i would just look at it and it would make me happy <laughs> dude that's like i have a uh, a 12 string rickenbacker that i just mm-hmm. never play i mean it's a beautiful guitar and it sounds incredible but it's hard to find a context for it especially in what i'm yeah. doing right now with i like, feel like i I feel like that's the the sort of instrument that like you would just pick up and then you would just write a song with it. And that's just the song that you wrote with that instrument. Yeah. Right. Like I'm sure like, because you have an eight string now, you're just kind of like itching to write a song that uses that register. Right. Yeah. I've just been playing right, like, like I, as much as possible on the guitar just cause I'm trying to get used to it still. For sure. But um, How, how's your, are you like improvising using the two lowest strings yet? How's that working? Um, are you kind of like carp palm? I'm uh, starting to explore you, the seventh string. I haven't gotten to the eighth string yet as far as like mapping out <laughs> the fretboard. The, but here's the thing though. I have the eighth string tuned as an E instead of an F right, sharp. Like drop E. So it's a little sure. awkward for me to like think about it off the cuff. And you don't want to do the standard thing? I don't know. I just haven't even tried it yet, actually. <laughs> but right, I, right, I like right. having the E for like recording. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, especially 
the whole thing with the, the the droppy standard is that if you do a power uh, sorry if you do a bar chord and you just extend your finger you'll just have a bar a power co- a bar chord but yeah the, no i the, like i get that but it doesn't sound that great <laughs> no definitely not maybe clean it sounds cool <laughs> yeah but no the know. guitar is it's super fun to play and like um it doesn't feel as crazy as i thought it would like going from six strings to yeah. eight strings just because of yeah the, how the they design. did it yeah they did it right they done did it for sure i don't know about you but i've played eight strings where it doesn't even feel like a guitar it feels like a I, different instrument i don't even i don't even remember last time i played an eight string I feel like the last time I played a seven string, I sounded like I didn't know what I was doing. Because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just like, where, wh- what string is this? You know, you look down yeah. and you pick and you're picking the wrong string. Yeah. <laughs> That's like my struggle. I know with the A string, I feel I can get a bit more confused with the lower register. Right. Like the higher stuff, I'm pretty comfortable with where I am. But like once you start getting to like the A, the E, the B and the E are all start looking the same. <laughs> yeah uh it's 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 one of these things that like i feel like you'll make less mistakes if you don't look right <laughs> yeah just trust trust your hands right like it, it's like playing in a, in a key a half step up that from one that you're really comfortable with right like you ever play an e flat minor and then you fuck up because you look down at your fingers yeah i know i know exactly what you mean or or not e f- yeah e flat minor or or f minor like because of e minor being such a guitar thing yeah whenever i play an e flat minor i try not to look because if i look i'll 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 like I'll, it's not like i'll get lost but i'll get lost enough that it's like a variable that i try to account for by looking up instead of looking at my fingers <laughs> yeah that's funny <laughs> so like getting a seven or eight string like it must feel a bit like that where you're just like confused by what you're seeing but if you don't look you're not confused by the the system relating the strings together right like if if you know i'm kind of down to get a seven string like at some point soon yeah but but uh i'm definitely gonna keep it in standard <laughs> unless you right. know if it, it'll it would be a hard tail so it wouldn't be that big of a different a deal to go to drop a or whatever but i think the the home base would still be standard just because i'm trying to apply all the systems and knowledge that i have from the six strings just in this extended register right and i found that like if you keep it in standard it's not that hard to start implementing stuff you already know to it like your fingers just kind of know where to go because you're exactly. so, cause you know exactly how the guitar is laid out. So just adding another string that's in a fourth is like not a big deal. But it's like also like when I'm in drop D on a six string, I don't really use the the lowest string when I'm trying to improvise. Right. Because it fucks me up. Right. It's because I'm not. I don't. When I improvise, I practice improvising in, in standard tuning. Right. <laughs> yeah. So the stuff that I hear and the systems that I use are dependent on the relationship between the strings. Dude, that's what amazes me when guys solo in open tunings. Yeah, like what? Like all those slide guys and stuff. Like uh, I love uh, Joey Landreth and like, mm-hmm. you know, Derek Chucks and all those guys. And like, I don't know how the hell they're able to tune all these guitars to different open tunings and then still play like it's nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, it's the experience. I just don't understand how you can remap so much. 
Like I've spent so much time trying to align what I hear with what I play. And it's right. so dependent on the system of, str- of, of, of fourths and tunings that I can't imagine remapping that and having the mental capacity to still play something and know what it's going to be. Right. And then I wonder if they're thinking about it like a completely different fretboard map or if they're relating everything to how it would be in standard tuning. Yeah, right? Like, are you... Or maybe they're just thinking... Because it depends how much you're able to think at a time, right? Like, (laughs) I used to know... So I, I know this kid, this ridiculous guitar player. And... It just so I don't know what he's doing now. He he's not doing a lot of stuff. I I knew him in music school, but he had this ridiculous ear and this ridiculous relationship with the guitar in terms of like the way he would play things that he was hearing. Yeah, and he could do it like in any tuning, and and like and he was also left-handed and could also kind of do it like on a standard tuned right-handed guitar oh that's insane because i think that he just had the mental process figured out yeah like he was just able to apply whatever formula he needed needed to in order to do what he wanted to do right and it was kind of ridiculous like i feel like i'm I'm constrained by the systems i've practiced instead of trying to practice being free from them in order to improvise no i i feel the same way and then at a certain point, you have to be like, do I need to, how often are you playing in different tunings where this is something that I need to like focus on Right. when I could focus on like maybe something else that would be more what I want to do. Yeah, of course. At some point, like it is like the question becomes, what do you want to be good at and how much time do you have to dedicate to that? Yeah. Right? So I definitely don't care for these things that I'm not practicing, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't stop the feeling that I'm just like, how do you get to that point? Right. Or like how, how can it make sense in terms of thought process? Like I, I can't empathize with that. I don't understand how you get to that point. Yeah. It's right. Like it's incredible. Like the reason why people are so fluent with improvising is because they're so familiar with one thing, right? Like I don't think all the amazing jazz improvisers they're they're you know they play in standard tuning and they know what they're doing like i'm sure if you gave them something in an open tuning there would be an adjustment period and i feel like a, a tuning uh i feel like um open tunings and like that sort of of thing i think it's like a facilitator for creativity more than it is another system like i feel like if you go in an open tuning you're just like oh well i guess i wrote a song this is this <laughs> thing here's this thing yeah. that i wrote using this tuning but then like if you want to improvise within that context you kind of have to figure out a, a whole different system i think a fun um like thing to try that i've done a couple times is like <laughs> You, you, uh, <laughs> you tune the guitar differently and then play what you would normally play. Oh yeah. You know, the same shapes that you normally would and like the same patterns or whatever, however you want to think about it and see how it sounds. And like, cause you'll right. play stuff that you're not expecting at all. Right. <laughs> cause you're right. You're so used to how one thing sounds. And then it's just like, 
I've done it a couple times, and like it's always been fun. Have you ever uh, played a left-handed guitar upside down? No, <laughs> I've, so that's I've always really wanted fun. to. I always thought it would be fun, but like, there's not that many left-handed guitars. Yeah, it's it's a know. rare it's a rare sight, but it's kind of fun. You put that thing upside down, and then you have the high E on on, yeah. on, on the bottom. <laughs> And then you just kind of like play like a scale and just like, this is fucked. <laughs> it's funny when guys are really good at that, like Eric Gales oh, yeah. and stuff. Oh my God. How do you do that? It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I mean, you know, it's one of these or, or Mono Neon also. Yep. And he does the slap thing like that, which is that's, that's weird. That doesn't even do make that? sense it's, in my head. I don't know how that's possible. It doesn't make sense because when you <laughs> listen to it, it sounds like a regular slap. Yeah, how is that? Is he like? I don't know. I don't know. What? <laughs> I don't know. I'd have to I, watch I him do it and know, see man. what he's. How that's even possible? <laughs> I I don't know, bro. But he's definitely doing it. Whatever he's doing, it's working. <laughs> he's doing it. I saw he was in like a, a Fender commercial, and he's been like on some billboards now. That's freaking awesome, especially for someone like. In it seems really? like a wow. kind of specific style of music that maybe not that many people would be uh like yeah he's like down to listen to but like i mean i don't mean yeah, that in a bad way i mean like it's more of like musician music mm-hmm. but it's awesome to see him get like recognition because i think it's he's yeah, incredible he's an interesting character he's an interesting character because he's got a whole internet personality like <laughs> look and vibe yeah. separate from like the music that he makes right but like yeah like he's like i feel like less people listen to his music than people than people know who he is yeah i think that's that happens he's pretty when you famous like have incredible playing and like you have a really out there right. personality that's fair that's true but yeah all right i think we're gonna wrap it up do you want to quickly plug the stuff that's dropped recently if anybody has not checked it out which is probably <laughs> no one right i don't know who listens who would listen to like full hours of us talking but then like not know anything about us yeah i don't know who the hell listened to full hours of us talking period but uh uh so i have uh perennial on all streaming platforms that just came out a few weeks ago and then mm-hmm. um the playthrough video which is on the minor symbols youtube channel which came out like yesterday or two days ago and then um lock and key um, which is the new Intervals single, and then the Lock and Key playthrough, <laughs> which is on the Intervals YouTube channel, and hopefully more more stuff to come. Fuck yeah, man! As of me, I have nothing, but I'm working <laughs> on stuff, so it's fine. Yeah. That's it's it's a I'm playing the long game here. I'm gonna be a nobody for a little longer, and then uh, and then I'll be a and then I'll be able to cool guy you when you meet me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're gonna say right. hi to joseph uh, and he's just gonna turn the other way he's gonna like ignore you and be like no sorry burrow like i'm a gent god like i don't have to speak to you no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's never gonna happen uh, uh but, but 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 yeah so uh you can follow me at joseph underscore is underscore rad on instagram and josh and, and you can follow josh at josh della on instagram and uh oh dude i've also been doing we'll live streams s- oh so oh yes josh has been quick. doing sick live streams because he had he just figured out the rig and has it and just started 
to get you know he's just he's just doing the the live stream thing so if you want to if you want to follow him you got to follow him on his youtube channel which is what is it uh, i think it's just joshua de la victoria cool so yeah you you'll be able to find that and uh and uh yeah he's, he's doing what are you do what's your schedule like you're doing like a oh, few man. weekly or like so, trying right now <laughs> It's been iffy because there's been like fires and stuff next to me and like the internet's Fucking been LA. going in and out because of that. So I don't have a set schedule right now, but I will soon. So right now I'm just kind of streaming whatever, but they stay on my YouTube channel. So if like you didn't catch it in time, you can just watch it afterwards. Fuck yeah. Um, anyways, so yeah, so you can follow me at Joseph underscore is underscore rad on Instagram and at Josh Della on Instagram. And uh, we'll be back at some point, maybe. <laughs> See ya.